Hey guys, welcome to Bagging Boardcast, episode number 356. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to, coming out November 22nd, 2017. We follow it up with our weekly rotating main topic, and this week we're going to be taking a look at the pilot episode of Marvel's Inhumans, the IMAX event of the year, (laughs) or so they would have had you believe, or wanted you to believe. Mm. Oh yeah, we we watched it, not in theaters, but on Hulu, as you rightfully should. Sorry if you spent money for it. I, I pitched this idea... And I said, I will watch it twice. I will watch it with Chris, and I will watch it with Paul. And I did. Mm-hmm. I watched it twice. You also said you were going to make a concerted effort to watch the whole series before, the, before we uh, did this episode. I we wa- waited. I watched that second episode. I watched that first episode twice and went, uh-oh, I can't do this. <laughs> Spoilers for our reviews, folks. But you know yeah, what? Oh, go ahead. Get, that comes as a surprise, though. You know what the, isn't uh, spoiling us right now? Or maybe it is because it's so good. It's uh, the beer we're drinking. Thanks, John. Uh, you brought this. You went up to a uh, a bottling shop up in Lewiston. And you got McKellar's San Diego's Freddie Mercury, which is a New England-style IPA, 9%. You don't need to read that. No. You, you just taste it. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, as cloudy as could be and just... Really, absolutely delicious. Uh, it nails everything that you want in a New England. So you want that juiciness. You want kind of that uh, just dance on your tongue. Mm-hmm. And it does all of that. The flavor is um, it's big, it's wonderful, and it probably is something that will ruin you to to New England IPAs because it will be like, it's not as good as that. Yeah, it, it, it is a very good, juicy flavor. Big flavor. I don't feel the nine percent at all, like as I sip oh. it, but I feel it in my head. <laughs> like you know, I feel like if I stood up too quickly, I would need to sit right back down. Uh, and I've been only been sipping on this a little bit, maybe because I didn't eat all that much today. A lot of a lot of packing and moving up the studio. Yes, we are in Studio G now. Yes, uh, Martin Road Studio G. And and our third producer. Yeah, I'm running the board now. Click 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 click. Mm-hmm. You won't hear that from me. <laughs> no. Unlike me. I don't, I don't have beer, but uh, I decided to add some coconut rum to some coffee. Hey. Because, mm. you know, it's got to have something to drink while you record the show and try to talk about Inhumans. <laughs> and coconut, yeah. you know, makes sense. It goes with the theme. You know, very Caribbean, very, well, not Caribbean, but very uh, island tropic kind of flavor. Yeah, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd just put two shots of, like, the George Ocean coconut rum into my coffee and then i added a splash i have a uh a chocolate coffee creamer so i was like oh, you know like coffee yeah. coconut mm. might be might be good with a little bit of chocolate to it you got it it's not you, great I, I might have put too much of a a big splash with the creamer in but it's gonna say you got like an almond joy of a cup of coffee there it's not bad it's not bad you know the georgia ocean is pretty good uh too bad you didn't have any billy ocean oh uh, no Coconut creamer or coconut uh, rum. Okay, I, I, Billy Ocean's a person. That's all I know. <laughs> well, when I bought uh, beer for, I can't remember if it was the last show or just, just to have throughout the week. I was like, you know what? I haven't had 
like just a bottle of rum sitting around in a while. So I just grabbed one to have, and it's not bad. You know, I, I just wanted to get something to drink. I didn't want to go break the bank on it. So I, the bottle I got was only like eighteen bucks, so it wasn't terrible. It's not bad. How much would I? I, I have no idea. I have no idea about prices of alcohol other than beer. So, I don't know. Like, Parrot Bay, is that expensive? I don't think so. Because that's like... Oh, you usually buy the, the rum for your... Yeah, yeah, for, uh, for tiki drinks. And, uh, yeah, I usually buy the Captain uh, Morgan, you know, just the gold rum. And just the, big, the biggest liter bottle I can buy because I put a lot of rum in my eggnog. Uh, in but your no, tiki drinks and my tiki drinks. I like the, t- I love the tiki drinks, guys. <laughs> I want. To- hey, well, January when you come down here, we'll go. Uh, we'll get tiki drinks. I, I, I desperately want to do that. That sounds great. I made the uh, o oa oa the uh, oa oa yeah uh, at home, and that turned out really good. Do you remember that, John? I do. It was it was really good. Mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. Uh, much like how we like the news. Ooh. And uh, Paul, there's uh, there's some news that oh, I got you champing at the bit a little bit. I am, I, you know, I don't think only one person can hold all the excitement that I have. I think I need to split up into another person just to hold the excitement between the two of us, much like Multiple Man does in the great comic book series X Factor. <laughs> this and, is when it gets good, and this is, and this is when it gets good when we hear the casting announcement that James Franco. The guy from uh, that gave us great things that has happened to the Marvel Cinematic Universe as uh, the dictator. What was the movie called? The Dictator? Uh, that caused uh, North oh, Korea the, to hack. Which one? The interview. The, the dictator interview. was the Shesher, oh, yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen one. The, that gave, James Grunko gave us the interview, which gave us the North Korea hack of Sony, which gave us Spider-Man Homecoming. So therefore... Him joining properly the uh, the universe, I think this means that uh, Marvel is going to go over to uh, is going to land over that Marvel's going to get the mutants back. They're going to get the. I think that's what it means. Why? <laughs> because I just laid out the map. I didn't. I didn't follow the map. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let me get the red string out. Okay. So James Franco. James Franco gave us the interview. The interview that caused North Korea. Okay. To hack Sony. Okay. That gave, that leaked the information about, they, they didn't know what the hell to do with uh, Spider-Man. Okay. Therefore, and that gave us Spider-Man Homecoming, because Marvel stepped in. Okay. Disney stepped in and said, guys, we got this. James Franco is now going over to Fox. Mm-hmm. Something crazy is going to happen there, which will cause Disney to step in and then get the rights back. Much like the weird string of continuity that happened with uh, with Spider Man. Well, Disney and other places are in talks already to. Yeah, and this is the tipping scale. This is a, this is the tipping, this is a tipping point. James Franco yeah. James is Franco. the scale. Is, 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 it all is, hinges on James Franco mm-hmm. and his squinty, beautiful eyes. So you're it's, excited about James Franco as? I think he'll make a good one because he's he's got that trickster kind of personality. He can he can play a, a little bit aloof, a little bit of a. Um, just an off kilter, trying to find his way in the world kind of character, and that's who uh, Multiple Man is. You know, he's a character that's. I, I think he can do a decent job with each of the the copies having different personalities too. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't, 
I don't see this possibly being terrible. I mean, it's way too early to say. They haven't said if this is going to be for a superhero film or TV, right? They just said... Um, all I know is uh, they could go anywhere with it because, like, looking at the New Mutants trailer that we talked about, what, two weeks ago, they're doing a horror movie with the Mutants. Okay, well, no, I, I'm sorry. I clicked on an article here. And it looks like it might be for a movie yeah. uh, with Alan Heinberg brought on to script. And oh. Alan Heinberg, known to comic book fans as the creator of Young Avengers years ago, uh, known to TV people as the writer on Party of Five, Sex and the City, the OC, uh, the right? Catch, the OC, and then also he wrote the Wonder Woman movie. Oh, the one that's out now? The, that just came out? He was the yeah, head the, writer? Yeah, he, he wrote that. I know he did the run on Wonder Woman, like, who is Wonder Woman? I didn't realize yeah. he did the movie, too. No, yeah, he did the movie. I remember because it had a really nice-looking credit sequence at the end, so I kind of stuck around just to watch that, and his name was on there. Hmm. Interesting. Nice. I don't know. Uh, when... This news broke, and you mentioned it in the thread. I was—I can't exactly remember how I worded it, but I'll say, just great, another multiple man-related thing. <laughs> oh, yes. Because, Paul, you keep getting burned on anything that's associated with multiple man, but you just keep going back to it. Uh, you I, said that... Uh, I have the direct, uh, the direct quote right here, Chris. To hate fuck, okay. right? Great. Another multiple man-related thing for Paul to get hate <laughs> fucked by. Yes. Explicit tag. You remember to put that on there now. You're the producer. We always gotcha. have it. No, we don't. Oh, I thought we did. Oh, well. People are in for a rude awakening. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, if it ever gets made, <laughs> uh, I, I think it, I, I would be fine with it. Um, James Franco is one of those characters that you kind of you can see him in a movie and he always pretty much looks like James Franco, mm-hmm. but he does carry himself differently in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, the interview, Pineapple Express, uh, he did the... Um, Date Night. Planet of the Apes. What? Uh, yeah. uh, and he was good in Planet of the Apes, and um, the uh, the Hulu um, show based off the Stephen King book where he goes back in time to save like Kennedy from being assassinated. Um, Tommy Knockers. Yes. Is that it? No. <laughs> okay. That's the one Tommy Knockers has got Belky like ripping paper and being really bizarre. Uh, no, this one's like um, I don't know, seven twenty two nineteen sixty five. And he also did a stint on General Hospital. Yeah. Um, so I think he can do. I think, like you said, he can do a good job. He can bring something different to ever all the clones. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it'd be interesting. Oh, the multiples. They're multiples. Oh, They're oh, not the clones. Multiples. They're multiples. Um, well, another mutant who's getting a movie sooner is uh, Mr. Wade Wilson, as we just got the first trailer for Deadpool 2. Is that the first? They're so crazy. Uh, uh, fun trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, a very chill trailer. Because um, it's, it's chilling with Bob Ross. It's got a Bob Ross uh, beginning, and then you go into just quick cuts of uh stuff in the movie and um it was fun like it's what you expect from a deadpool mm-hmm. two trailer you know i, yeah, I enjoyed it watch it's only it's two minutes it's more kind of how they marketed the first one where it's just completely out there and irreverent but then they give you some sneak peeks at the movie uh, the biggest seems like it's keeping in tone with the first one which you know did quite well for it so good on them and uh, the biggest peak was that the is cyber techno virus arm of cable. 
grabbing some guns. So, yeah, yeah. And also, we got a, very, a, a very punny, punny trailer. If you like plays on words and names, <laughs> you'll dig it. Also, we get to see that uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead or Teenage Negasonic Warhead, whatever yep. her name was. Negasonic Teenage Golden Warhead. Blue. Was, yeah, is back again. And uh, was Cyclops? Cycl- yeah, Colossus. Colossus. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Colossus was in it again. So, yeah. So we know characters that people liked are returning. <laughs> uh, and speaking about characters that people like, Lord <laughs> of the Rings is uh, going to be an official Amazon show. Hmm. Um, I wonder if they're going to go back to the Silmarillion. And, like, I start all the I, way back I, I there. I tried reading that book so many goddamn times. I know, it's so hard. Because they're like, everything's music. And I'm like, no, I don't care. Uh, I went and saw Nick Offerman mm-hmm. uh, on stage here in, in Buffalo. And he made a Silmarinian joke. Mm-hmm. And it was really funny. What was the He's joke? Like, it was like, yeah, everybody likes something really good. But then you try to, you know, you try to read more about that world. And you get the Silmarinian. <laughs> And nobody should have to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. It was basically around those lines, and it was it was pretty funny. Uh, I I think you're gonna if you're gonna do this, you're gonna have to put a lot of money into it mm-hmm. to make it good, uh, to make it stand up against those Lord of the Rings movies that are. Well, they had to pay two hundred and fifty million dollars just to get the rights to do the show. So they have that's not even like starting pre production. They had to pay like Christopher to- uh, Christopher Tolkien mm, and like, the Tolkien family two hundred fifty million just for the rights, which is crazy. Um, it's a big franchise, and the thing is with Amazon, they got Amazon Studios. It's not like they they do they have a game studios. They probably do. What are they going like? Are they going to like brand some of their drones that they're going to make deliveries? Ring ring race drones like like how are they going to recoup all this money well, uh, by putting this out and people yeah <laughs> yeah but they give away that stuff for free it's like Prime is free. like viewing it is free they have made a hundred bucks for Prime though yeah a year that's that's twenty dollars cheaper than Netflix right now because ten bucks a month for Netflix is one hundred twenty bucks a year plus you get the free Amazon shipping like yeah but that's more Prime. people than. Sign, there's more people signing up now mm-hmm. than there's more people buying stuff on Amazon. Like, oh, if I'm going to do it. So Last night, we were looking for. this. You're saying it's a complete loss leader. You're, they're doing this, and they're hoping. They're gonna like, make, who else are they getting? They're going to make the money. Last night, we were trying to find a, a Christmas gift for my aunt. And mm-hmm. I found one, not on Amazon. And my wife was like, mm, let's find something on Amazon. <laughs> free shipping. They got our money that way. Because... Yeah. She's going to find the present for her on Amazon instead of like, oh, this is the perfect thing. Nah, find something else on Amazon for her. So, and I'm, I'm not entirely sure how their business model works with their TV shows. If you can just only access it by having Prime or if you can pay for the episodes to download them. But I think this is something that people are going to want to check out at least, yeah. you know, the first couple to see how it stacks up against the Peter Jackson films. I, I am interested to see the pilot of the first episode because I want to see where they're starting. <clears throat> like, are they going to start with the it's, lead up to the big battle with Sauron? Like, at, during that age where um, the old king, uh, you know, you know, uh, fails at throwing the. I I think at that point in. they they can't because of, 
you're just doing a longer form version of the Peter Jackson film. I think you have to do it just start off like the book. You just start off in Hobbiton. Hobbiton was his 111th birthday. Yeah, like I I think it'd be cool to get more info on that. I, I think the movies did go into great depth on some of that stuff, but then there's whole complete scenes that are cut out, removed. Mm-hmm. Because like, also... Tacked on. And there was a lot that the book, that the movies changed from the book, too. Like, the Ents showed up at Helm's Deep, not at the... Uh, not at whatchamacallit, the, the uh, tower. The, yeah. yeah. Sauron's tower. It was, you know, so... It will if they stick closer to the book, kind of like what you're suggesting, Chris. It will be different than the movies. But also, and like I, I think that's going to be what brings people in. It's like, oh well, now I have the chance to see Tom Bombadil because you know he's not in the movies at all. But again, like that's that's going to be for the hardcore fans. <laughs> yeah. And they're just Joe Schmo. That was like, oh hey, you know what? I, l- I like the movies. Let me watch this TV show. If it's going to be like four episodes of just them like walking through the woods, and then there's one episode where they 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 meet Tom Bombadil mm-hmm. and that's like a whole 45 minutes of the show i don't think people are going to want to tune into that every week or by chunk however they do it like at what point do you say like okay we we really need to keep moving yeah cuz you got to make sure these things move at a clip because as soon as somebody gets bored yeah there's no nobody the, wants to sit through a 4 hour movie of lord of the rings <laughs> Come on. Thing? Think about how okay, think about how when you watch those movies, just like the stuff with Aragorn and Arwen slows that movie down. And that's like a two minute scene. Mm-hmm. With this bad soup? Yeah. Well no, that was a uh, that wasn't Arwen, that was Oh yeah. Arwen, oh, yeah. Yeah, but like when he meets up with Liv Tyler and they're having like their kind of clash. No, I enjoyed stuff. all every second of those scenes. It was when he was talking with For me, that's when I get up and go to the bathroom because oh. I know no it's fine for me to Take care of some stuff for a few minutes to get a, get some food, get a drink, and then come back to see the continuing adventures of Mary and Pippin. Like, what kind of casting? What do you guys like? I mean, is there somebody who are like, oh, you know, who'd be good for this? <laughs> I'm okay ahead, with them getting someone known, maybe for Gandalf, but I think everyone else just go no name people. I think if you start bringing in other famous actors everything that they're going to do is already going to be compared to mm-hmm. the movies I, I think that adds a lot more pressure to the people that you have cast and i think it might just be easier with no names or little known like stephen i would be interested to see if stephen colbert is going to really push to be cast as some big character because he's such a tolkien fan like he makes yeah, no. He already, he already had that in the Hobbit. Yeah, he was in the Hobbit. Yeah, like uh, I mean, it's what second, but you know, mm-hmm. he's, he was in the Hobbit. He was uh, the Hobbit. Was he? I don't yeah. even remember the Hobbit. Uh, it's in Desolation of Smog, I think. When uh, they're in Lake Town, he's one of the spies that's watching Bard like go home. Okay, he's got like an eye patch on. Oh yeah. Okay. Now I kind of remember that. But man, the Hobbit movies were so bad. See, I don't think they're bad. It's just oh, again, so like bad. it was a case of they took a a kids book and they expanded it out for three movies. Mm-hmm. And oh. at points, it it drags, you know. Yeah, and you didn't need like the the Legolas and all that stuff in it. They also seem to be like, oh, we need to make a fun like action scene. Let's 
Yeah, they, let's they, like extend the stupid barrel scene of the dwarves in the barrels. Let's do the cool like. But those those are the like the standout parts of the movie, though. Otherwise, it's just mm-hmm. the barrel scene with Legolas is probably my favorite thing out of all of those yeah. movies. The uh, Goblin King walking around eating. The Goblin King scene when there it's like uh, the the temple Temple of Doom mountain. You know, uh, yeah, but it was cart. fun to watch. It's... Yeah, that chapter in the books only like. Yeah. 10 pages long though like exactly to have it wait like <laughs> what's funny is like the book is the cliff notes to the movie where usually the movie yeah. is the cliff notes to the book mm-hmm. uh yeah i i'm definitely interested we pay for we pay for amazon so i'm gonna watch i'm gonna yeah. watch it when it comes out but i'm i'm weary about it <laughs> i don't know how it's gonna be i think i will keep my eye on casting news right. And production news, just to follow it to see whether or not it's really worth my time or not. One other question for you guys. Oh, go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, because that's the thing, too. Pete Jackson and company, they put 10 years into making those three movies, and it shows. Like, the production value is fantastic. Everything feels real in it, even though it's 50% CG. Like, they use so many great camera tricks and just Mm -hmm. the miniatures and the props. Everything sells it. Well, the Amazon CG would just have to like take an insane amount of time and sink a ton of money into it to even get it like close. And at that point, then, how much are you sinking in per episode? Yeah. But go ahead with your question, Paul. Uh, how much do you guys watch off of Amazon? Like we did the one episode where we watched the Tick, and I watched John all Clark the Tick when it okay. came out. So you you finished up the ticket. So you one day. Wow. Binge watching. How about you, Chris? Did uh, he... I have watched the episodes of The Tick and JCVD and whatever else we watched uh, for like the, the pilot season thing that we did. Yeah, and that was it. Because I have a hard time going to it. Like, it's still, like, I know I pay for it. I know I got a bunch of free stuff I could watch on there, but it's not one of those, it's not a garden that I end up going to. It's not one of the walled gardens that I actually click on and be like, oh, I want to watch some TV. Oh, I'm going to go to Amazon and watch. I do. See, I'm, uh, the, I'm the same way, but for me, if Lord of the Rings was on there, that would that would make it more of a destination. What's sad is, I mean, oh, go ahead. Like once I'm caught up on everything else that I watch, uh, once it gets released from Hulu or Netflix, which, by the way, I haven't had a chance to watch any of Punisher yet. Uh, I've worked pretty much all weekend, so that's probably what I'm going to wind up doing uh, over the next couple of days, but. That, w- that would make Amazon something that I was like, okay, well, you know what? I'm caught up on the weekly shows that I watch on Hulu. There's nothing coming out on Netflix for another month that I have to tune into. Now I can get into Lord of the Rings. How bad I am with uh, with Amazon Instant Watch is they have all the Batman animated series. They're available for free. I bought the DVDs off of Amazon and got the free shipping. You know, the fourth season because I own one seasons one through three. Or uh, collections one through three because it's not actual, ser- you know they they did a weird thing with their DVD collections uh, because I'm like I want to watch these but for whatever reason I didn't want to watch them there because it's harder for me to stream it to my television for whatever reason like the Google Play little like stream doesn't pop up on my phone on the Amazon Instant Watch app so I'm like I don't want to watch it here on my little thing. I watch and it my, on my PlayStation 4. Okay. Um, we took it, we took our Chromecast and 
played it when we were on our honeymoon. Oh, nice. um, I watched the entire entire series of Lovejoy starring Ed McShane every morning before work on Amazon. I've watched movies on there. Mm-hmm. I rent we rent movies on there. Oh wow! I watched Blade of the Immortal. Uh, so you last are week definitely going to be yeah. watching the Lord of the Rings when you want to invite your aunt over, who's a Tolkien professor. <laughs> No, no, <laughs> too far, that. too far. I see. I see her once a year for Christmas. That's that's enough. That's <laughs> enough, and it's only for a couple hours, and that's enough. That's enough. Um, <laughs> but the present I said we should buy for her was a Lord of the Rings scarf. She would have liked that. It looked really good. It had the tree of Gondor on it. Uh, mm. But no, I use Amazon. And to move on to other things. Yeah. Um, Chris said that Punisher got released this weekend. Uh, I've watched uh, three episodes. Um, I, we started the fourth when mm. Paul got here. Uh, I'm liking it. I think they're oh, yeah. doing a really good job. I think they capture Frank Castle um, pretty good. Uh, they do a good job. Um, he seems to have a little bit of his humanity still intact. Mm. And, uh, you know, like uh, he kind of had a, like a, a moment where he – he kind of made a joke and he laughed and I was kind of like, Hmm, not very Punisher, but they're doing, I think they're doing a really good job with this character. And it seems like they had a plan and what they were going to do with this character where they didn't have that same plan for iron fist. Uh, and then some other news. Uh, this is also the weekend where justice league was released. Oh, you got numbers. I got some numbers now. Uh, so this is um, Thursday night. Uh, was they beat Wonder Woman for pre-sale tickets and okay. showings for that Thursday night? At this moment, right now, it's estimated to make ninety-six million dollars. This is the lowest DC release weekend release. Lower than the Green Lantern, Ryan Reynolds' yes. Green Lantern movie. Ooh. This is the lowest one. Um, not even making $100 million wow. this weekend. The, that's the estimate from which website? What did you remember when you told me to watch well, Box Office Mojo? BoxOfficeMojo.com. That's the one we use, and it's domestic numbers. So yes. domestically, we, we live in the United States. We might have the politeness of Canadians, the drinking, uh, the drinking stomachs of Germans... But we're Americans. <laughs> we're Americans. And the English yeah. of, you know, somebody born abroad. But <laughs> American. We're Americans. Um, so, yeah. I mean, Paul and I are actually going to go see this after we record. We're going to go see the movie. I'm going to eat popcorn. It's going to be fun. You do whatever. And Reese's Pieces. <laughs> you do whatever I, you got to do. I haven't had a chance to see it yet, but I... I do want to see it, even though the reviews haven't been too kind. Um, we talked about it a little bit last week on the show because the early ones were starting to break. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm just wondering what this is going to hold for the rest of the DC cinematic universe now because they're trying to use this as a launching point for Flash and Cyborg. Plus, you know, I mean, you're supposed to be getting Aquaman, Batman out of this as well. So, well, also there's those again with those rumors, and it seems like it's more truthful that Ben Affleck's trying to totally bow out from playing Batman anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, that Flash Flash is going to be Flashpoint where Flash is going to reset the DCEU so that way it kind of makes sense. It's this new Star Trek movie. They're going to 
do a timeline thing where they're going to reset everything, but the characters that want to keep on as those characters, you know, just change, just just make them a fucking movie. Don't don't like, oh, we got to reset it. No, you don't. Just make the, the a movie. whole movie's gonna. The Flash is going to be a Flashpoint, and it's going to be resetting the DCEU. We don't need that. I know we don't need it, but guess what? DC doesn't care. <laughs> they it's don't know. Too early for them to have to do all this. They're Superboy's going to punch a wall, guys. It's it's what they do. It's what DC's good at is resetting their universe. That's the only thing that they do nowadays. Every five years, you reset it. I guess it's been five years. It's time to reset. Like, when did Man of Steel come out? How many years ago? Uh, five. I see. Time to reset the universe. <laughs> but we've been doing this Marvel retrospective where we're like, oh, yeah, like 10 years of movies. Yeah. But DC, <laughs> what are they known for? Crisis on Infinite Earths. <laughs> they had 30 years. No, and then they had zero hour, and they, they keep on resetting. All right. It's what they do. And now they're doing it in the movies. Congratulations, DC. You are not relevant. They reset themselves into irrelevancy. I can't even say that word. Was that Chris? Did he want to say anything about that? Um, so angry. Nothing else to say about that yet until I uh, until I see and we know what happens. But yeah. something I am looking forward to is the new Star Wars movie that's coming Ooh. out next month. Hmm. Uh, and to get people even more hyped up for it, they have added a new scene to Star Tours over at Disney's Hollywood Studios, as well as over at Disneyland in California. Um, it takes place on the new planet that we'll be seeing uh, called Crates. Oh, and Barrel. Uh, that's no, no, no barrels. Oh, uh, but do you do a barrel roll? You... <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna push through it, Paul. Crates the uh, planet that you see in the teaser trailers. That's uh, almost like the mining facility where they have the red crystals. Like the the planet's all like ashy looking, but then when the speeders go over, it kicks up the red dust. Uh, cool thing about it though is it's actually going to be ending. Uh, this scene ends on the new planet that you'll be able to visit when they reveal Galaxy's Edge in 2019. Um, so you get a full sneak peek of the new land coming to Disney's Hollywood Studios at the end of the ride. Uh, it's kind of just set everything up. Also, they have two new characters added to it that give you your mission. So joining BB-8 as one of the new prequel or new sequel characters, they also have Poe Dameron showing up Ooh. and uh, Maz Kanata. Oh, that's so fun. That's cool. Then um, after that, trying to think what else. There's something. Well, what's that? Galaxy's Edge. Planet's name? Oh, the the planet's called Batu. B a t u u. And something fun with um with that is some super huge f- fan news is like a bunch of people got on Star, the Star Tours ride, and uh, who who popped out from behind the curtain? Mark Hamill. Wait, there was yeah, a Mark curtain. Hamill, uh... There was a curtain, like up. Or are you no, saying he just like he popped out and did oh. the in oh. and spoke to all the fans and did the ride with them? Oh, okay. Yeah, like it, w- it wasn't something that they announced was going to happen. He just kind of showed up and uh, surprised everyone at Disneyland. So that, you know, really cool for the people that were there. Um, also, something that's going to be coming up at a later date. They don't have an actual day where this is going to be happening. But going forward with Star Tours, you're actually going to be able to somewhat pick your experience. If you want it to be more prequel and original trilogy related, or if you want it to focus more on the current trilogy, 
in line. So if you just want to see, like, you know, the first six movies, you'll have one line that you can get into. If you just want to see the new stuff, they'll be able to get into a secondary line. That way they don't have the randomization happening where you're on Naboo at the beginning, but then you end on Crate mm-hmm. and so forth. So there's no no nerds pushing up their glasses saying, like, oh, that doesn't work because they're fighting the Droid Federation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, Paul's got making a face, but I, I won't. I don't complain about this because yeah, that, that doesn't matter to me. I'm more into more interested in just seeing the planets and like. The, I just don't. But every time I've gone on it since um, Chris, you've moved down to Florida, and we've gone together. Every time we go on it, I've seen the same places. I've never gotten anything new, and I'm missing like half of it, like all the other choices there is. So I would do this. I would say, hey, let's try to get into this line because I want to see. Hopefully, I can see some of the stuff yeah. I haven't seen before. And hey, let's hop into this line because I haven't seen this, and I want to see all this stuff. So I that to me, like as someone who, when we do do go down and we go to parks with Chris, that's something I I want. Like that's yeah. one of my mandatory things that I want to do. And I would stay there all day riding that ride. Chris and I did that. Once. <laughs> yeah, Sartre's is great. Mm-hmm. We 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 got all the planets right. Well, I'm not able to do that because my wife doesn't like Star Wars that much. Oh, uh, well, either does my wife. <laughs> but that would be something that would matter to me. I would say, "Hey, let's jump in this line," and mm-hmm. that then let's go jump in this line right after that. Like it's the face I was making was the Sophie's choice of being stuck with the prequel stuff with the original trilogy, like. But that's kind of how it it is right now. Now, except for like Mm -hmm. the one scene that takes place on Jakku, and now they have the secondary one that's on Crate and uh, Batu. So, yeah, you can always just go on those ones, you know. Yeah, I would probably go on those ones because, you know, Coruscant that is actually a prequel one. Uh, Yeah, you got Jango. Well, that's an interstitial scene with Jango Fett doing the. or Boba Fett or Jango Fett. I forget what, who yeah, they Boba call Fett. him. It's Boba in the asteroid belt. But um, he got Hoth. He got, like, of the original trilogy, there's only really Hoth, right? Um, for the and Because Tatooine yeah. is even the prequel with the Padres. prequel with the Padres, yeah. And Coruscant is the prequel with the, you know, uh, with well, the there is droid the, empire. Uh, the second... Death Star scene too. Oh right, that's a good one. That's that's the one we only got once. I've only yeah. seen it the one time. So I don't know. I I would want the second Death Star scene, but I don't want to sit through Nubu for the like fifth time. Yeah, but that's I mean that's the gamble you take. That's I guess. the gambit, you know. You never know what's going to be. Mm-hmm. Could be Tatooine again. That's the one that I always get. Yeah, and uh, Krishik, which is a prequel. Yeah, but that one's still really good. Except for the silly, like, you get uh, a Wookiee that gets splattered across your view screen. Which uh, that's that's random, though. That doesn't always happen. Oh. Yeah, there's other things that happen in the scenes that aren't guaranteed to happen every single time. Uh, so that's one. And then actually when you're in Naboo, sometimes you hit Jar Jar Binks, too. Oh, that's good. Nobody People likes. probably clap when that happens, right? <laughs> Nobody likes that, dude. He's, he's always ducked out of the way for me. So... All right, but Poe Dameron, I would like to have him yeah, give me I'd a like mission. Yeah, I'd like to see the Poe Dameron one. So. Because then Hopefully maybe I, I can... I'm going to try to get to the parks this week so I can check it out because I haven't had a chance to be over there yet. Uh, they just debuted this like two days ago, so it's still pretty fresh. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's Poe Dameron in his jacket or if he doesn't have the jacket because Finn has it. 
Mm. I, I will let you know, or maybe I won't, so you can be surprised when you come down. Mm. Great. Is that, is that all the news? That's it. Oh, we had the Marvel editorial change. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. C.B. Dablowski. C.B. Sibolsky. Stepping up as Marvel's editor-in-chief after Axel Alonso has walked away from the position. Uh, they haven't said exactly why, or like, why is this happening, if he's going somewhere else or what, but C.B. Sibolsky's been with Marvel for a while. Um, we saw him at, like, a bunch of conventions heading up panels. If Joe Quesada couldn't be there, uh, C.B. was pretty much the guy that filled into that role. Mm-hmm. He was also the guy that, if somebody asked a question and nobody knew the answer, he'd be like, this is what's happening. <laughs> uh, he, to me, this guy seems to live and breathe Marvel comic books. He's the guy that's like, when somebody would ask the question, when are we going to see Runaways again, be like, sorry, not <laughs> soon. I love those characters too, um, but we don't have any plans for him. And it, it hurts me that that happened. You know, like, yeah, this guy... Wasn't as much of a fan as the fans were. Yeah, and, you know, they used to do the thing like stump him. You ask him a question. Well, that's thing. Tom Brevoort. Yeah, that's Tom Brevoort. Oh, then C- I don't know who this man is. C.B. Sobolski <laughs> would often do, uh, instead of the cup of Joe, like in the ba- on the back page, it would be a cup of C.B. Yeah. No, I know who he is. I, I just okay. got him confused. With him. Tom Brevoort? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but the cool thing, too, is C.B. Sobolski was actually like the head of new talent acquisition for um, a while there. So he was one of those people that was bringing in the lesser known writers and artists and then putting them on those books like Runaways where it was like not a big marquee title but they were trying something new and fresh. So that's yeah, really cool. I mean, Axel Alonso did a lot of great things. Uh, he was kind of the push behind those more street level books that kind of really got us back into Marvel. The stuff like Daredevil and Iron Fist. Basically everything that we like and all the characters and creators that we go to now were revamped under his watch uh yeah no i think it's a i think it's a good a good move for marvel um i don't think it's uh i mean like what you just said it's the guy that brought us back to marvel being marvel fans is stepping down but i think this is a good guy to to step up It'll yeah, be it's good. gonna be an int- interesting to see where marvel goes over the the next year maybe with, I- uh New people everywhere, and Bendis gone. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I'm like, maybe it's just because Axel Alonso's like, oh shoot, street level characters, and I don't have Bendis anymore. I'm out. It's possible. You know, this is a good time to bow out with uh, the changes that are happening. So, all right, that's that's basically news, right, guys? That's that's all I have. Yeah, I mean, there is some news, and that is, what book is Chris picking for the list? Which hey, day? and. These are the uh, comic books we're looking forward to coming out this Wednesday, November 22nd. And mine's actually the first part of a new maxi-series coming out from DC Comics. This is written by Jeff Johns with art by Gary Frank. And this is Doomsday Clock number one. And this is the continuing story that we got in DC's Rebirth number one. uh, With the lead-up to the possibility of the Watchmen universe colliding with the uh, DC proper universe. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a fan of Watchmen. It's not my favorite book, but I can appreciate it. I like Jeff Johns. It's been a while since I picked up anything from him. So I don't know, I'm, I'm looking forward to this because Rebirth was great. Yeah, and we'll be reading it for Look Back. It's already on our docket. Yeah, yeah. It, we're, it, we're, we're, it's there. 
Uh, but I want to hear what Paul's looking forward to. I'm actually looking forward to a Tomb Raider book because uh, I, I dipped my toe into these. And if you guys have ever noticed, they have never made it onto our look back because they've never been that good. But uh, always uh, with a new number one, say, give a new writer team. You know, it seems like a new writer. They're usually just four to six um, issues that tie into the new video games or video games that have come out. And this one seems to be no different. And this is Tomb Raider. Man, it's really difficult to just keep going while your tablet loads back up. Oh, see, that yeah. would be a point where you're like, oh, John didn't have his stuff ready. Uh, I know. It's called Tomb Raider the Survivor's Crusade. Say, number one, uh, written by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly. And art by Hannah Fisher. Oh, that's cover art. Uh, art by Ashley A. Woods. Um, and this is tying in basically to the after last rise of the tomb raider video game so still that kind of character did you play that game yeah i own it i haven't played it Mm. i i got the i played the first one and then i'm like rise of the tomb raider oh i played that and then i'm like wait a second no i played tomb raider (laughs) not rise of the tomb raider not the rise uh and i am looking forward to from dc the demon hell is earth um this is written by andrew uh constant and art by Brad Walker. And, I mean, this is uh, Etrigan the Demon, Jason Blood. Uh, things are going to happen. Magic. Demons. Oh, I love it when things happen. Who knows? I like when things happen in my books. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've kind of become a sucker for Jason Blood and the Demon and what's going to transpire and what's going to happen. So uh, I didn't see too much else yeah, it's kind of a. It's been a, a rocky month of November. I think there's like, I I've I bought uh, one book last week and went in and bought a uh, wish list book that it was down to a dollar ninety nine and I was like, well, I'll pick that up too. Like it's there's nothing nothing crazy coming out November time. Okay, rhyming Etrigan or non rhyming Etrigan. Uh, I maybe without. I'm mm-hmm. fine without. Fine without. Oh, I like I like the rhyming. <laughs> I like the rhyming too, but I don't know if I would want to read a whole series of him rhyming. It's this is one of six. Yeah. I always I always find it funny when they just explain. Oh yeah, I'm no longer that level of demon. I'm now this higher level of demon, so I no longer need to rhyme. And it's you like, know, it's just because the writer's like, I don't want to have yeah. to be pigeonholed into writing these rhymes all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at you, Chris, making a rhyme. I didn't these. do that on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he, what I did do on purpose was pick the book for our dramatic reading. And now, a dramatic reading of Mace Windu, Jedi of the Republic, number one, page six, panel 23. You will lead a small unit to monitor the Separatists' movement and determine what is their purpose. Due to the careless nature of this mission and our Thinly stretched resources. We cannot offer you a clone squadron for support. Dramatic reading from Mace Windu, Jedi of the Republic, number one, page six, panel twenty-three. But Sounds I, good. 
Yeah, it, it was good. He he did a muffled thing with a hand over his uh, face. I, and I pinched my nose. And he pinched his nose. It was good. Yeah. I was playing Blue Coon. Pacoon. If you, see the, if you want to see the panel, check out the show notes for this episode, number 356, over at com. Like, how many Jedi, though? One Jedi is worth, like, what? A half a platoon of clone troopers? A third? And he's, Maybe more. And he's sent with, like, five Jedi, right? Like, <laughs> oh, we can't offer you that much support because we're so thin. Here, have five Jedi. And it's like, you pick them. <laughs> and you get to pick. It's like, what? Did you guys see that? So EA Battlefront Two came uh-huh. out, and the way EA had worked things to unlock everything in the game. Oh no! I you, bought this game. You would have to play for five thousand hours, Ooh. or pay two thousand dollars to be able to unlock everything. Oh shit! Uh, so <laughs> wait, wait, a, wait for the multiplayer or single player everything in the game so you can't you start you can't play the heroes you can't like the game starts you know how you see that woman who Uh is like oh we're gonna be playing as this character no she's unlockable you have to unlock her to play oh jeez uh they have since changed that and they've taken out having to pay for things so Mm -hmm. now everything unlocks while you play Mm -hmm. but like people were super super i pre-ordered it i pre-downloaded it i haven't got a chance to sit down and actually start playing yet because i like the battlefront and i knew i didn't play battlefront one because there was no single player to it so and i'm like ah, i like the single player because yeah. i like the old school you know the uh, off playstation 2 and everything like that you know on the pc i played through that multiple times uh battlefront 2 and yeah, but the original you, battlefronts are just a lot of fun but you wouldn't play as those characters. You would like as you're playing. You'd be like, "Oh, you did. You had such a kill streak. You unlocked. Now you can play as Mace Windu, yeah. or you know, or you could right, set up Chris? the hero mode yeah. for hero mode, and then you would start. You could start as. I think you could start as one of those characters. Oh, really? I never wanted to hero yeah, that, mode. That was like a, a separate mode. Yeah. I was just. I just went through the single player the campaign. Campaign. And just played um, as a clone trooper that kept on dying. Plukoon, one of those characters, though. You he was. You, no, but he's he's one in the new game, too. Oh, cool. Um, they, it seems like they got tons and tons and tons of heroes. but And, and villains. But I thought this was taking place as soon as the Death Star blows up. The second Death Star blows up. You're on the Force Moon of Endor. And it goes through from then to... Uh, the clone troop or the new troopers first order landing on the planet and killing the old dude that might have been a guardian of the wells and blowing up uh, Poe Dameron's X Wing. Like the, the scenario mode, though. Yeah, the, everything else is basically just like multiplayer. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but they like Darth uh, Darth Maul is one of the char- old characters to play as. Like they have heroes and stuff. They've just everyone. But you, where do you play them? Chris, and your multiplayer maps. Oh, okay. Well, then I don't care because I don't play the multiplayer on that. I don't. I didn't buy the game for the multiplayer. Like I bought it to play through this yeah. campaign because I want to know those in between stories. And this is supposedly canon. The story is supposedly in in continuity or in canon because yeah. it's Star Wars. But anyways, the the person in charge of Dice came out to be like, "Hey, we are listening. We're changing everything." Because I'm pretty sure it was EA who makes you pay for everything. Mm-hmm. They had set it up that way. Just Sounds feels about right. Uh, but anyways, let's let's uh, hop over to that main topic, guys. Because we... Oh, 
John, this is, uh, this is something that you brought to the table. Yeah, this so is a John baby. That you, that you uh, said it all. This I, is a John abortion. I, I pitched the title as this as it's inhumane to make us watch Inhumans. And I made us watch Inhumans. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I watched it. You made it. it twice. I watched it twice. I watched two episodes. Uh, <laughs> this was released in as a the first episode, the pilot episode, is a feature in IMAX that IMAX came out to say this was this no this is awful it should have been something <laughs> worthy of being an IMAX for this to be yeah, premiered you like know, this you know like from the original IMAX from the IMAX studios the great things as journey to the moon and underwater sea voyage you guys remember the original IMAX stuff where you would pay w- way too much money to go see it and it was like 10 15 <laughs> minutes and it's like Oh, this whole screen surrounding you, and it's like a really bad nature documentary. Well, that's one because the cameras are so huge, and then the magazines for the film mm-hmm. are even bigger. Like to like it, I think it weighs up to like three hundred pounds for the film and the camera to be able to do it. Something something crazy like that. And it can only shoot. I think it's like fifteen or like twenty minutes of film at a time. Like it's a stupid amount like it's the least efficient thing ever yeah but you remember those original ones though right guys like i, I know yeah. I, I know I of them it, i never watched any of them i think i went to one of them with my family once and we were all like <laughs> it seems like a paul family thing yeah to do. the common thing to do is we would do it and we were like oh we should have just bought ice cream instead <laughs> like it was it was in it, like Everest, like the one I think I saw was like a journey to Everest, and he thought it would be there was no story to it. It was just scenes, you know, uh, uh, of like, and you weren't even climbing Everest. It was like around the move. It was so stupid. It was just annoying. It was like like screensaver that you paid a lot of money to go watch. In uh, this, people were paid a lot of money to make this awful show. Yeah, there is. I haven't finished it. I couldn't get through episode two, which I said on the top of the show. This is the absolute waste of money. There was no reason to make this. And if you were going to make it, make it well? Like, everything about this, and they have, like, good actors, but it's like, hey, do the worst performance uh, that you can. Okay, got it. Nailed it. Um... But these are the, this is Black Bolt, this is Karnak, this is Medusa, all living on the moon when... Uh, it's the worst Karnak ever. Yes, he is. And he's, he's the person I was like, he's a good actor. Yeah. Uh, when there is a coup by Black Bolt's brother, Maximus, Maximus. Uh, and uh, the royal family escapes to Hawaii... Uh, and Maximus takes over the throne on the moon. And that is the most interesting sentence ever talked about this <laughs> this stupid series. Yeah, it's definitely flawed. Um, there wasn't a lot of positive notes in the lead up to it. But then as soon as we started watching it, I was like, oh, actually, this looks really good. Like the opening chase scene. You can tell it's done on like the ABC television budget, mm-hmm. but the look of it was good. Like with the guns and the rain, it it looked pretty slick. And I was like, okay, like well, even if it's a terrible show, at least the cinematography is good in it. But after that scene, 
everything looks terrible, especially because so much of it was CGI'd. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even good CGI of like Adelan on the moon. It you could tell it was just like really like polygonal polygonalized or however you would want to describe that everything that's supposed to look like solid stone it looked like styrofoam yeah like it was i I wish they had just instead of spending all that money on imax cameras cameras, just put that money into your effects budget Mm -hmm. put that money into the actual like development of props because that first five minutes of the show probably cost them millions of dollars and yeah that was probably the scene filmed in imax yeah uh, the other thing, like costuming, there's there's costuming that, oh okay, I can see where they're going. They're trying to do the royal family and stuff like that. And then there's what we got, which is like the cheap TV version mm-hmm. of this. And this was a series that was supposed to be a movie. a movie. So you'd think they'd have some good crossover from what we were planning to do with the movie and what we've done with this TV show. And that was the thing that I actually looked up into before we started recording because it seemed to be just back and forth because we had the Inhumans debut on Marvel's Agents of Shield, and then they're like, "No, we have like we have a movie coming out too." And then they announced the Inhumans TV show, and even then they were like, "No, we're 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 doing a movie. It's possibly going to be in Phase Four. And then it fell off the the schedule completely. And then even up until January 2017, like they were still saying like, "Oh no, like." we could still do this as a movie and then there's been no word of it since and since then they've even come out and say after phase three we're no longer going to talk about the marvel movies in phases so did inhumans break marvel (laughs) it kind of i don't i don't think it broke marvel i think marvel studios is still going to be able to do well enough on their own but It's crazy that the television side and the film sides are two separate entities and that they kind of almost had like a boner fight over over the inhumans of all things. And you know who controls the TV side? Jeff Loeb. But here's the thing Smarvel, is Smallville fame. But but Jeff Loeb is Daredevil Punisher right now. Okay. Um um Jessica Jones. And I mean, uh, Luke Cage, the things that I think is the strongest thing the TV has done. But at the same time, that's all the TV on on Netflix. Because then if you look at the TV on the network side with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, the show that never happened, Most Wanted, now now Inhumans, that's all under that umbrella. And those shows have been middling at best. Like Agent Carter was pretty good. Again, like it worked well as a miniseries. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we've said multiple times before, like, if they just pared that season down and cut out all of the fluff, it would it would be a much better show. But I think that stuff is more studio. That's the, that is ABC saying, no, you have to have... 22 episodes a for series. the full season. You know, what do you think this is? Cable? You know, and they should be making these things like they are for Cable. That's when you get award-winning shows yeah. is when you do that. And when you get award-winning actors to be in your shows. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's... This is only eight episodes. And it is 
only yeah, eight episodes. Yeah, they're not going to do a season two. That movie's going to drop off. Oh, it's already, it's already, it's already been already nixed. Gets. Like, talking about this first episode, you're right. It doesn't... The look and feel of it doesn't feel like a big, bombastic, big show that even goes up against... You know, this is supposed... To, they were talking about maybe it being this Game of Thrones to the Marvel Universe. That's, yeah, that's what I was going to say. And it, does, it doesn't have that. It doesn't have it. And the actors don't sell any of this. And I was getting annoyed every time I looked at Medusa's hair when it was just a flat wig. And then they would do the CGI effect where it was kind of floating and she would do something with her hair. I'm like... Only when she was using her hair. Only when was she was using it. I'm like, it should be floating and up, kind of like that all the time. You could tell yeah. it was CGI. It was bad CGI, but I would... I'd rather look at that kind of... Bad fluidity CGI fluid hair that it should be. Than just flat bad wig and you're like and then they cut it off and it's like oh well. yeah they didn't have that they didn't have the budget they didn't so have they the budget up. for the rest of the series so they're like uh we're gonna because he ban- he cuts the hair and he was gonna lock her away in prison but he cut the hair and he felt bad about it i don't it yeah was, maximus shouldn't feel bad about it they have a guy who plays a great bad guy uh really good actor yeah, uh, what's his name like reese Ewan? yeah not sure of the pronunciation of it, but yeah, from Misfits and Game of Thrones. Just a slarmy guy. It's just a yeah. John uh, was you were telling about it. He he, he he should be enjoying that he's taking this woman. Yeah, he's taking this powerful person down. And that's and it's totally how it should be. But he's very conflicted in it, which isn't Maximus at all. Because he uh, comes off as so creepy because he's like, oh, you should be my queen. Like, he's yeah. in love with her and is, like, trying to... and But he's not seductive at all. There's no smolder to him. There's, there's, there's not enough to hate about him. There's not enough to root for him. There's just nothing. And that's, and that's in the writing. That's in the total concept of this show and how they were planning on doing it. Because this guy can play bad guy. This guy can play vulnerable and sad and, and an interesting character. And it's like, hey, you're really good as Simon from uh, Misfits, and you're really good as this bad guy. Let's put them together, and now you're this character. And I think when you when Marvel, quote-unquote Marvel, comes and says, hey, do you want to play the bad guy in this TV series? You go... Well, yeah, that'll be great. And then I think everyone went, oh, this is the script that I signed on for? His roar, his uh, big speech to all of the Inhumans, you know, the underclass like of the, the Inhumans. The, yeah, the, the cast system, like the people that are at the bottom of the barrel. Pretty yeah. Much. It is not a stirring emotional speech no. at all. <laughs> it, is, it is below Rookie of the Year speech. From the movie, Rookie of the Year, the baseball movie where the kid falls on his arm weird and then suddenly can throw a 90-hour, uh, 95-mile-an-hour uh, pitch. And he gives a speech in the dugout. Chris, you remember that movie. And Gary Busey was like, that's my boy. Yeah. That was a more, more heartfelt speech than this. And that's my lowest rung of heartfelt speeches. <laughs> <laughs> we have now found a new low bar. Rudy number one. <laughs> Rudy number one. Rudy. From the sports movie Rudy. Yeah, I know. With Sean Astin. Then another Sean Astin movie from Lord of the Rings when uh, the Horse King the, the, you know, gives the whole speech in uh, the third Lord of the Rings movie. And then Mouth from uh, Goonies. 
This is yeah. our time. time. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another Sean Astin movie. It's Sean Astin movies that are just it's so good. You put Sean Astin in, in Humans yeah. as Maximus. I mean, he was great in Stranger Things. I mean, give him a chance to play the bad guy. Oh, I'm hoping Wait, there's... No, he was a bad guy in... What was the movie? I'm oh, just... my gosh. I have to... Google Sean Astin now because Fifty First Dates. No, yeah. no, there was no, no, there was no big speech in Fifty First Dates though. So maybe that pokes a hole in the theory. But man, yeah, Mouse—that's a great one in The Goonies. Some really good uh, emotional scenes. Yeah, all all much more interesting than Inhumans. And but Inhumans, the, there was that. Oh, go ahead, Chris. No, I just think it's sad because this is what Marvel was going to try to shuffle off as their their x-men you know this is what they had in-house that can kind of stand as that outsiders living among us franchise so who knows maybe this does add more credence to the fact that disney's trying to work out a deal with uh 21st century fox maybe not to buy flat out but at least buy back the rights to those marvel characters because you could do such better things with the x-men i think now that inhumans just has this terrible taste in people's mouth yeah. Uh yeah. Um Enter the Franco. <laughs> I have to say, um Legion uh looked, acted, written ten times better than this show. And there's a lot of computer effects going on mm-hmm. in Legion. Just the film quality of how things were shot. Um in in the end of the first episode there's a thing with uh a Gorgon walking on the beach and he throws his boots aside and you're supposed to see his goat legs and they just look like he's wearing regular boots. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, oh, I'm throwing these away. You're supposed to see my goat legs. They didn't put them in. Yeah. Guys, remember back uh, in the day, the made for television like movie event for the X-Men on Fox? The Generation X one? Yeah, the yeah. one with Emma Frost, Gambit, a uh, guy that stretched... Well, that was skin. Gambit wasn't in it. Banshee was. Oh, it was Banshee, not Gambit. Uh, okay. That yeah. different accent. That was better than this. Wow. It was. I had that on VHS. I used to watch it all the time as a kid. I, we recorded it off of Fox. I watched it the one time. I didn't think it was all that great. I don't think I ever actually watched it. It was it was bad, but it was that good bad TV special. I had I had Nick Fury Starring David Hasselhoff, <laughs> uh, but I also had like the 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 TV um, Doctor Who one as well, oh. with uh, the bad guy played by uh, uh, Roberts. What's Eric Roberts? Like we used oh, to record those Eric because uh, my family are were nerds and mm-hmm. that was a thing. But to me, uh, watching this made, had gave me flashbacks of Generation X. Going, well, that was bad, better. That was the same kind of computer effects as they did for skin. Yeah, with the hair. That's what I get. That's what I'm like, man. In in Mondo, like they were better in that move in that show. Man, it's been years. Fifteen, twenty. How many years? Probably about twenty. Because um, I was definitely in high school. <laughs> um. Uh, the thing too is okay you're gonna make a giant computerized dog why not give him his antenna 
<laughs> Why not? Instead of just a, a little bit of white fur on the on his forehead. And that was so weird tonally too for the intro where they're trying to give it gravitas and like here's these these the, symbols representing the, symbol. the characters and you know this is about a royal family and here it is and here's the gravitas and then puppy dog and then licking the screen and then it's a dog and he's like oh, I'm gonna ghost away with the title it's like oh is this the Thanksgiving. Uh, parade we're watching and they're having a little cartoon interstitial to turn the page yeah it didn't make any sense yeah. tonally and i don't know like and because he's not a funny character in that first episode either like he doesn't like bowl over somebody and start licking them they don't play lockjaw is a funny he, he's just a device he's a he's he's compl- how the royal family yeah. get off the moon He's just a plot device. And then uh, second episode, when he goes to steal Crystal, they knock him out. And then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this is how the rest of the family's not going to get in touch. They got rid of Lockjaw. Mm-hmm. Oh, they don't have to pay for the Lockjaw CG anymore, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if I want to watch the rest of it, but part of me just wants to just we check it out just to see. But then I'm like, oh, well, I haven't watched any of Punisher yet. so yeah. Read it on Wikipedia. Read the synopsis. You don't even need no, to do see, that. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I'd much rather just like see the train wreck than read about it. Uh, so, uh, second episode, uh, Gorgon tries to swim out into the ocean to find his. Uh, get saved by surfer dudes. He gets surfed by you surfer dudes. Can't swim with goat legs. Uh, that's what they tell him. Uh-huh. But instead of hiring like uh, Hawaiian actors who can act. Mm-hmm. I think they pulled people off the street because these are the worst. It's the worst acting in the series. Are these guys talking to Gorgon? We don't know that, John. We haven't seen the whole series. It's the worst <laughs> acting. of <laughs> The acting can get worse. I guess it could. It's it a could. new low bar. It is. Uh, but something I always thought that I couldn't the rookie th- of the year a speech, inspirational speech, would never be knocked down. But... It's been surplanted. <laughs> it's uh, it's off. It's just it's there's n- I I could not find anything redeeming about this, and I thought maybe I would be able to pull something and say, you know, at least this was good. Um, Medusa on a bus. Medusa on a bus. Uh, the um, there's a scene. Uh, Nothing happens on that scene. It's just her on a bus, and she takes a cell phone call. And people look at her like she's crazy, talking to herself. We live in Bluetooth. Like, she's not talking to herself, obviously. She's talking to somebody. And she's got a thing that looks like a phone, Mm -hmm. because she crushes it with her boot. Uh, The wristband. The wristband stuff, yeah. Yeah, but when it falls, it looks like a phone when she crushes it. I don't know. Mm. Uh, But the Karnak... So they have a, car- a scene where these guys come to attack Karnak, mm-hmm. and then Karnak systematically takes him down by fighting in slow motion, throwing the worst punches I've mm-hmm. ever seen anyone throw, and then walking slowly to the next person to punch to get shot, and then rework it all in his head and do it over again. And mm-hmm. you watch this. He could find the flaws, so he's looking through his... Uh through his attack pattern to find the best way to do it. Right. But you know Which, what? Ha- it, that works well in a comic book. But also... But not so much here. Speed up the fight. Like, it was it was poorly executed. And mm-hmm. then... He's climbing a wall. He's climbing a wall in the second episode, and he falls. And you're like, oh, he's going to rewind he's this gonna, again. He's going to rewind it. Because this is it. the beginning of the episode, so we're going to relearn how his power works. 
No, no. And he gets knocked out, and he wakes up, and he goes, Ugh, I'm bleeding. I must find my king. And then he looks up towards the sky, and it does his little calculation things, and he goes, That's east. <laughs> what? Yeah, so you, because, you know, at the start of not every episode, you expect to re, like, uh, especially the first three or four episodes, you expect to relearn everybody's powers just so until you get a real good grasp of these characters. Yeah, Karnak, they don't do anything. Crystal, I don't think they ever explain what she does other than she fires some Jubilee bolts at the one girl. Yeah. And that's it. And then... See, okay, I did, you don't even see that in the first episode. Either. No, it's yeah. in the second one. It's in the second one. The pres- the girl that's like the lockdown character that we don't know if she has any powers other than using these guns, and they have guns on the moon because you know it's a thing. And Black Bolt thinks a cell phone is a gun. Yeah, because <laughs> they're advanced; they should know better. And they they're they, watching Earth. Earth, and they're sending spies down to Earth too. Like that's and why like they had that video. They had that video of. Uh, the 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 aqua guy what's his yeah, name yeah, triton triton uh running away from those military guys and falling in the water and it's like all right if you have video of that why don't you have video of all of them on earth can't you find them you got all these guys with crazy powers yeah they're using them obviously mm-hmm. it just doesn't make any sense on agents of shield there's a guy with no eyes that just suddenly knows when there's a new Inhuman that blinks over there and transports them and then transports them to the weird thing sanctuary. Don't don't these inhumans on the moon know about the sanctuary like in China or wherever that was in Ages of Shield? Because they mention it. They mentioned the Terragon myths being released that happened in Ages of Shield. They're, he's sending down spies down there. Don't they know like where the I don't know. No, it doesn't make any It ties in but it doesn't. It it just and what bothers me is it's not even bad good. Mm-hmm. It's not even something you could just watch and kind of joke around about because it's just terrible. It's, it's really sad. Mm-hmm. There's nothing fun or redeeming about it. Like, there's no good jokes. There's not, yeah, there's, it just falls so flat. Like, just like how I was talking about Maximus being the villain. Like, he, there's no, there's nothing there's no, to him. There's no gravitas to him. Yeah. He should be such should, a good bad guy that you like him. Or that I hate him. Yeah. But he just comes off as, I just don't want to be near the guy. I don't want to spend any time with him. Well, it's to go, that guy's a, such a loser. How did he get everybody onto his side? Mm-hmm. How did he do this? How did he one-up the royal family? Yeah, how did he get the militia on his side? How did he get all of the guards that are led by Gorgon mm-hmm. to go to follow him? Yeah. Ridiculous. It is. Yeah. Not that we expected it to be good, but no, that's half the reason I wanted to watch it. And there's yeah. also the the dis- magically disappearing chandelier. If you pay like less attention, in the royal chamber, the one with the black bolt symbol, like above the above the uh, throne throne, there's a chandelier that's there sometimes, and then in other shots where the chandelier should be, it's not there anymore. And you're like, I don't. Why is that even there, then, at all, with the long shots? I feel bad for the woman named, you know, who played Medusa, who had to shave her head. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for us for watching this. <laughs> Me too. At least she got paid for it. 
So, power rankings. Power <laughs> rankings? All right, but throw out the power rankings. What do we got? Okay, we got Generation X, okay. made for television. We got Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And uh, what's another one we can throw in there, Chris? Anything? Uh, Agent Carter was... Uh, Agent. I didn't see Agent Carter. Well, see, I didn't, I didn't see Generation X, so... Oh, wow. Uh, what else? It's, it's a flawed power ranking right from the oh, go. Oh, uh, X, the X-Men cartoon series on... On Fox the, back in the, the day, original Fox, the one? one that was made by Sinbad, by Saban, Saban, what the whatever toy company, Saban, Saban, yeah, that one. Uh, How did they did that? Wasn't it Toy Biz? It was it Toy Biz and Saban? Like it wasn't it a joint? Because so, Saban did Power Maybe. Rangers. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Look it up. Anywho, the 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 Fox Saturday cartoon that <laughs> we watched growing up. That one. You know, that one. I would say animated cartoon series. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Generation X, and Inhumans. If you want to see Inhumans again, just watch the old Fox series. It's on uh, two uh, DVD collection. You, you can pick it up. Uh, I would probably match your, your ranking just because I've never seen Generation X. I'm assuming it's better. It is better. Uh, but I would probably say Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., then the Fox cartoon. Because have you gone back to watch some of those Fox... Morph! It has some bad moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, not but those that... are, again, those are bad good, though. Yeah, bad good. Beast is reading Animal Farm. And the guards make fun of him, thinking that it's a picture book. Uh, <laughs> but I do think there's... I think it's uh, okay. I'll give when a, Rogue is hitting on the guy that was that she thought was dead, but was brought back to life by the brood somehow. Yeah, that was in a great episode. Uh, but I, <laughs> I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, Agents of Shield, Leandra, X Men, uh, Agent Carter, Generation X. Um, I I would pick uh, ten other things than Inhumans. It it is inhumane to make anybody watch Inhumans. Mm-hmm. It really is. There's no reason for it at all. No reason. Not even if you were doing a podcast where you were trying to provide content to our listeners. <laughs> I watched it twice. I know. Watched two episodes. If you made the mistake of watching that show. Let us know over on our Facebook. You can make a comment over on our uh, website with the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, and maybe you were wrong. Maybe it gets really good at episode three or four because looking at it on IMDb, it's sitting at a 5.4 out of 10 right now. So people so, didn't absolutely hate it. So half of it was good? <laughs> yeah. And we 10, just haven't. 170 votes. Uh, we just haven't gotten, gotten to the good half yet. Yeah, John, uh, keep watching. Let us know when it gets better. <laughs> can't do it. I can't do it. Thank you, Thank you so much just, for just listening. To put into, I'm oh, sorry. Go just ahead. to put into perspective, though, um, where is it? The Gifted so far is at 8 out of 10, which I don't even know if that show's debuted. It's been on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., 7.5 out of 10. Then over on the D.C. side of things, Legends of Tomorrow, 7 out of 10. Wow. Legends of Tomorrow, the weakest of the Arrowverse. It's not bad. Like I haven't kept up on it, but I, I enjoyed the episodes I saw. 
I fell I'm, off. I'm enjoying the new uh, season of The Flash. I'm pretty much caught up. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty good. I like it. It's a lot. It's a lot of fun. They definitely brought that show back to where it should be, which is lighthearted, like Monsters of the Week, with a overarching villain, just friends hanging out doing what they need to do to win the day. It's good. Nice. And they brought back the Grumpy Harry. Even though I'm going to miss, you know, uh, caffeine-obsessed, coffee-obsessed Harry. But uh, there we go. Thanks so much for listening. If uh, Please like us and re- rate and review us over on the iTunes. Uh, we haven't gotten those one of those in like three years. Uh, <laughs> so be nice to know if people are actually still listening. Uh, find us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, all the different weird Zoom marketplace, all the different weird places that you might catch your podcasts. And if you can't find us on your podcast listening device of choice, then I don't know how you're listening to this. But let us know. We'll try to get <laughs> yeah. on there. Just find us on the RSS feed. Johnny, you have to stop the show. You're a producer. 